Hello, Spacers. This is Atlas, Berserker of the Acers. I need the audience to share our story to anyone you meet. One, it'll increase my standing for promotion. And two, it'll help our group share our story through the planetary system. We love to see our supporters and backup from everyone who watches. I'll hand you over to Nathan. Hey guys, thank you for watching and supporting through following, subscribing, Patreon, and even just watching listening to the show. I hope you enjoy this episode, and make sure to leave any thoughts or questions in the comments. Until next time, Spacers. Thank you. You ever get tired of drawing maps and having your players ruin your hard work by teleporting away? Or using Charm Creature to avoid that glorious boss battle set in that laboriously crayon-drawn map? Yeah, <laughs> me too. Well, that's my problem no more. Starlight Maps and Battle Mats are now sponsored by the beautiful artwork of Loki Battle Mats from Lavish Palaces to cold alien caverns. They have a solution for everything. The maps come in big books that are easily transported, can be drawn on with erase markers, and immerse the players with a stunning reality. They'll forget they aren't actually standing by that pool of lava. And battle mats are only the beginning of what Loki has to offer. Wanna know more? Go check them out. Or stop by our YouTube to see what they have to offer. Now, let's roll. All right, hey guys, welcome to Starlight. Uh, I hope you're having a happy start to your April. Um, this is not an April Fools, this is the real deal. We're bringing you the next saga going on in the Spacers Adventures. We just listened to McKenna's crazy adventure, um, the intrigue, the, uh, gosh, I, the, the news that things might not be as they seem and she picked up a companion along the way. When the spacers come back together, it's gonna to be interesting to see what happens, but that is not important. We jump over with uh, Nathan Kuntz, who is playing Atlas, to find out what is going to happen. And so with that, let's jump in to Starlight. <clears throat> Neuralink, access memories. Accessing. Escaping the Nanoyan jail thanks to mysterious aid, Atlas managed to retrieve his and McKenna's gear from the control center. Dispatching the guard stationed there, he is able to use the mini monitors to figure out a rough layout of the facility. Storming the building, the berserker manages to escape the throes of officers chasing after him, evade Gorn's killbot, and face off with the snake-eyed tiefling. But rather than killing him, Atlas instead parlays, realizing that Gorn is a fanatic, he lays it all out on a bluff, that the Sunmaker is in grave danger, and he was sent to protect him. Partially convincing Gorn, Atlas offers to prove it by setting up a direct line of communication with his bosses. Knowing there's an Acer arm located in the nearby city of Sanctuary, Gorn and Atlas enter into a tenuous ceasefire. This time, taking a starship directly to Sanctuary to hopefully convince Gorn and thus trick him into aiding the Spacer. Memories retrieved. We are going to jump in. And similar to what I did with McKenna last time, 
we are going to put this up to a roll of fate. The people have spoken and have decided that you are not worthy of inspiration from them, which when that happens, that means I leave it up to the gods to decide. So what you're going to do is you're gonna roll a die 100. If it's 50 or higher, you get one point of inspiration. But if it's less, I get a point of inspiration or de-inspiration that I can spend to either put you at disadvantage or to give one of my characters advantage. You're telling me I screwed myself. I thought the fans were going to say yes, so I voted no on myself. (laughs) You did. You did. But you still might get an inspiration. Okay. All right. I see how it is. (laughs) Uh, I got zero, zero, and six on the. That's a six. That is a six, my friend. The, The gods have spoken, and that is a point for me. Which I will keep in my back pocket. We pick up with the soft rumble of the engine of the starship. There is kind of like, you know, the normal shaking of the cockpit glass. You can, you hear all the mechanical implements and there is a uh, uneasy silence between you and Gorn. Gorn sits to your right, piloting the ship. Uh, There is a secondary pair of controls in front of you uh, where a co-pilot would sit and the starship is not huge. It has four wings that kind of jut out, almost similar to like an X-wing, but it is a dull metallic silver that now flies over tumultuous waters. The night is beginning to grow to daylight as you leave Nanoi behind and you then turn your attention forward in the direction that Sanctuary is. A pair of fuzzy dice kind of bouncing back and forth between you two. Gorn is silent. There is a shifting of boots from behind you and you kind of like look back every once in a while uh, to make sure that this isn't a trap. But Gorn seems to be pretty certain uh, and fanatical about the danger that is potentially present to his dear Mr. Akram, the Sunmaker. And when you look back, you see his two guards hanging in this kind of small, like, bay room uh, on the sides of, like, small benches. Um, both of those guards are dressed in blacks with kind of, like, tan uh, vests. Uh, there's a little bit of, like, um, slightly kind of tattered hems of shirts on the bottom and you can see that they have the same burst rifles kind of attached to their back um, and goggles on the front so that their face is obscured. The lower half of their face is present and it is a slight hue of salmon. You look forward again, Gorn doesn't look at you. You fly for quite a while with this silence. even with the starship, it takes, you know, probably will take a few hours to get there. I'll walk up to Gorn and ask him how he met the Sunmaker. The Sunmaker found me. He brought me here when he fled from the Nuguva Knights. I was but on a failing colony ship. And the Sunmaker, at the behest 
of my parents took me. He doesn't look over at you, just continues looking straight ahead. And then how many guards are on the ship with Gorn? You look back again and you kind of like take tally. Uh, There are only two. Do they look like the ones that were uh, in the cave with them? Okay, um, insight check with advantage. 13. You're fairly certain that they are. Can I can I contact the Acers without him like knowing? You'd be able to use the comlink to reach channels that you know. Given the Acers interconnectedness, there would be some form of like general comm channel that anyone can use basically if they're in distress or whatever to get a hold like not an SOS signal but like a main yeah. thing. Uh so yeah, I think so. And then I believe you have business speak, right? So you'd be able to yeah, I think you'd be able to use business speak to, to communicate out loud, but in a way that Gorn likely wouldn't understand. Yeah, so I'm going to try to get in contact with the, get on the channel, and then try to contact, if possible, the branch there, or just somebody that can basically relay information. You give it a kind of a, a ring, there's kind of a crackle, and it takes about two times, and then a response kind of pings back to you. And you hear a voice that asks for your credentials as an Acer. I'll put out, put over the uh, comms that this is Atlas Berserker located in Illinois. The voice crackles back over as you send that information uh, and asks for confirmation of your family name. Atlas will just respond and say that. The name would be Atlas Kashin. This is a Tetsup arm. State your arrival. I'll be landing in Sanctuary for a couple hours. Um, I'm on a foreign vessel. It's going to be temporary allies. I need information passed on to the higher-ups when I go to report because they'll be speaking to a business partner. In this sense, they have information on the target. As of right now, they do not know that I am not friendly with the target. We'll take Sulfate Tower. You'll see it as the, the largest tower in Illinois. Take Landing Pad 8. We'll be heading to the Dukara Gold Casino. Knock on the second door and ask for Smiley. Confirming that I bring the temporary business partners to that location, or just myself. Are they friendly? Temporarily. It's just, uh, as of right now, they're allied due to a business deal. When temporarily, they're invited. Copy that. Gorn looks over at you, and he has kind of a confused look on his face. Doesn't say much. He goes back to piloting. <clears throat> we'll be there in two hours. I'm going to go up and clap Gorn on the back with my big hand. Not hard, not hard. <laughs> Don't be so nervous, buddy. We need to land on our landing zone eight on Sulfate Tower. My bosses will be have a location set up to where we can be discreet. He looks back at you and raises an eyebrow and it's kind of that scaled eyebrow. That's the richest building in all of Sanctuary. 
Well, you chose right. I'm just gonna clap on my back again. <clears throat> what danger is my sunmaker in? He's in enough danger to where we might actually need my boss's assistance rather than just myself. Go ahead and make a make a persuasion roll. Fifteen. It's not part of his plan to die a second time. We need to hurry. And with that, he kind of pushes the stick forward and the you can hear the engine kind of like grow in power as you rocket across the ocean towards sanctuary eventually you start to see the shining jewel that is sanctuary not a big city, but a nice city on a land that is inhospitable to people. You see the, unlike Nanoi, where you have these kind of platforms built on these like wobbling thimble-like threads, like hundreds of them beneath the ground, kind of sh moving to the shape of the land. You see actual like similar tech to what's in Dragons that's causing this like city to float just probably about a half mile above the ground itself and the buildings themselves rise up out of the platform but also jut below it eventually gorn kind of starts to move and he moves into like one of the various sky lanes where there's not much traffic at all with it being early morning there's a little bit of like kind of like tiredness and fatigue that sets in a little bit but if you know anything especially about the tetsa uh hospitality is one of the one of their greatest gifts but Gorn starts to make his way towards the center of the city passing neon lights um, like lots of raving dance clubs as you start to come towards the center uh, and outside of that the rest of the city sleeps you see this tower that rises uh, about 40 stories up and then an additional 20 stories down you see landing pads jutting off the side of the tower and the tower itself gleams silver but has glass it's like obsidian and then various ads run up and down the sides there's a light rain again that starts to kind of like form and you can uh as you're starting to land onto landing pad eight you get a, a view of the ground below and you can see like one of the various earthquakes happening but that's none of your concern as you the starship lands you can hear the landing gears coming out and Gorn brings the engine to a lull and then off he looks over at you and says where's your boss this is landing pad eight. We need to... should hurry. Yeah, no, we'll start heading over there. They're at Decor Gold Casino. And this way. As you start to leave the ship, the two guards get up at exactly the same time and flank right behind Gorn. But it's like they both stand up and then turn on right angles and walk behind him as the uh, landing pad door starts to open with a Go ahead and make a perception roll as you're walking out of the starship. 
14. You notice that there's some like things that are pretty commonplace in the uh, starship, but you do notice a nicely stocked um, med bay wall. And you can see various kit supplies in there. I'll check it out real quick. I'll, I'll try to make it quick though. I'm not gonna do like a thorough check. Gorn is right behind you and he stops as you start to open it. He kind of furrows his eyes. Gorn raises his hand and says, be my guest. The Sunmaker's in danger. I don't know what we will need. Inside the med bay kit, you find uh, painkillers times five. You find a med kit and you find two spray flushes. And the spray flush is an actual canister that almost has kind of like a silly string type like opening. Mm -hmm. And it's, you spray it into a wound and it acts as a, like a healing potion. So you get two die four plus four HP back, including it will reconnect uh, lost arms and stuff like that. Okay. How many of those were there? Fingers. Two. Two? Okay. And then I'll go up to Gorn and uh, start heading over to the casino. And you start to walk down the steps. Uh, you see that the platform is just a long platform, about 20 feet in length. And you can see red lights that kind of dot the sides of it, kind of pulsating, uh, lighting the platform itself with a, like this low kind of like red light district glow. But the rest of the platform is lit with this giant, almost like um, hollow screen that is jutting off of the front of the building. You look forward and you see what appears to be like a commercial or something like that, flashing with a giant crowd dancing. And there's a uh, beautiful women, beautiful men dancing in the center. And then that kind of flashes away to a pair of dice that kind of like tumble across the uh, front of the screen. The dice kind of roll on a pair of ones, this like big red dot on the center of the dice. And then the screen zooms in on the dice and then it bursts into like this like shimmer of gold that goes about 15 feet off the front of the hollow image and uh, forms into words that says, win big at the Ducart Gold Casino. and your eyes trail down and you see these huge gold gilded doors um, and it slides open as a bunch of people inside kind of like walk too close to the doors and then kind of like walk drunkenly back in laughing, letting out this huge cascade of music and then the doors close and it cuts off. You look about and you see a second door to the side of it, this one, is also gold, like gilded golded, but it is much more quaint. There doesn't seem to be a handle as you approach it. It has like these rivets of like metal welded into it or so it seems, but the rivets are probably about the size of a, a like a, a half dollar and they are just jet black. Alrighty, I'll walk to the second door and have Gorn follow me over. Hey, it's Atlas. I'm looking for Smiley. The black dots light up. They turn a flash of yellow and they all kind of like pop out about an inch and then they turn. You see little irises kind of appear 
there's probably 16 in total and then a voice appears over the top and it starts to speak in an alien version of business speak and it slides inward and then opens and you can feel this warm air kind of drift out and you don't see anyone necessarily that would greet you right away. What you see is a hallway that is from where you're standing at the cusp of the doorway is white marble. The sides of the walls come up to about hip height and you can hear that music again. The side walls have like rows of green plants uh, and the walls themselves are gold. You walk forward into the hallway and um, you see that this like walkway is separate from the main part of like the casino entrance where you can see like there's kind of like a dance hall like right near kind of like the front and out more on the peripheries away you see all the gambling centers and you can see various rooms you can see like a uh, various folks who work in the casino moving um, back and forth serving drinks um, and you also see like a kind of like a lobby but none of that matters to you because the walkway you're on leads straight ahead to another set of doors the the walkway is you take further inspection is separated by a veiled purple shimmering that comes up from the plants and you realize that there's some sort of like plasma wallers that protects it from anyone who doesn't belong there. The second doors open up ahead and you see a red-skinned tiefling in the classic sense of a tiefling. There's, she has two horns, kind of magenta hair, um, large lips and friendly but hard eyes. She is dressed in a uh, like, a welcoming kind of uh, dress that is a little bit more like a cocktail dress, but as she as she like starts making her way towards you, her heels echoing on the floor, it shifts in color. The um, one thing that you do notice is uh, that running um, on the side of her neck is a the tattoo of a laughing mask, and it is as Acer tattoos do, just kind of like moving back and forth between like laughter and sorrow. She comes forward, meets you, and raises a hand with long fingernails that extend probably three or four centimeters past the fingertip. The name's Astrid. Welcome. Atlas, was it? Yes, it's Atlas. <laughs> Atlas, in a non, in a non-cliche or cringy way, he, he's gonna take her hand and do the whole classical little like kiss on her hand. Say like a charisma roll. Oh no. Five. Yes, my name's Atlas and I have a appointment. Hmm. She shakes your hand and lets you kiss it. Smiles just just a little <laughs> bit, but it's hard to tell if the smile is laughing at you or if it's genuine. We at the Tessup family do value hospitality and politeness. So Atlas, I'm charmed. <laughs> and this is your, your esteemed guest, is it? The business partner? 
yes, this is gonna be uh, my business partner for quite some time. Gorn, this is Astrid. Right? Did I say that right? Oh, yes, you got it. You're just right, with the right inflection, dear. <laughs> Gorn looks at Astrid and says, Are you the boss? Oh, no. No, you have an appointment. Um, but you unfortunately came at a terrible hour. So, the boss is sleeping. Gorn then cut, cuts in and says, We can't sleep. There's danger. And we need to get... I understand. But a few hours with you having rested and a few hours with the boss having rested isn't going to change anything. Only so much that you can change in a short amount of time. So we do this with clear heads on our shoulders. Hmm? How would that sound to you, uh, Atlas? A room, some time to get cleaned up, and right in the morning, a meeting with the boss. Yeah, that works for me. Plus, and he looks over to Gorn. Say, you look worn out, and honestly, it's a different... Talking to the bosses here is going to be slightly different from talking to my direct head of my family. So you probably want to get all your P's and Q's lined up. Because without their help, you probably can't protect the Sunmaker. <laughs> Make one last persuasion roll. Okay. 19. <sighs> First thing in the morning, then. First thing in the morning. Now, if you gentlemen will, please come this way. And she turns curtly and starts walking towards the doors at the end. Um, Gorn looks at you, waiting to see what your move is. Alice is just going to follow Astrid. The doors, as you pass through them, lead into uh, a different set of back rooms. Um, there's like red velvet hallway, and uh, the red velvet hallway goes for about 10 feet and gives way to natural mo moonlight coming in through a skylight that has been like opened up through about the central part of the tower. Astrid walks forward and comes to the end of the velvet part of this corridor where you can then see there are steps that lead down to fields of grassy green, actual like trees, beautiful gardens, a fountain in the center. Um, and she slips off her shoes and points past this huge, almost like kind of like park rotunda to where you can see a set of rooms. And she uh, says, you'll be taking 3C and we never want your guests too far from you. So he will have 3D. And uh, one other thing, please either walk the perimeter to the rooms or remove your shoes when walking through the the uh, garden estates. Um, we have worked very hard to cultivate an actual biome here since the folks of Sanctuary can't actually touch the ground. And she then starts to kind of like show you guys to your room. Um, she first shows Gorn to his. He hesitantly 
walks in, checking it out. And when he's certain that it isn't a trap, nods back at you and says, first thing in the morning. And him and his guards close the door. Uh, and that's when you start to notice that uh, quite a few acer thugs kind of like lurking in the shadows of the tree. Astrid closes the door behind both of you and she says, you'll have no worries of anyone overhearing anything here so we can talk at length here. Your business partner, I assume, is not a business partner and I gather that there is more to this request than meets the eye. I only ask because I am the one who will have to brief the boss and his uh, second in charge, Smiley. Yes, as of right now, um, I'm assuming that you've been briefed on what my actual mission is. And as of right now, Gorn has a lot of power and connections inside of uh, Lenoy. Obviously nothing compared to you, obviously, you guys, of course, but he has access to information about the Sunmaker. So as of right now, I'm just using him so I can get closer to the Sunmaker and kind of accelerate the mission itself. Hmm. Well, then I have an additional question to ask. Do you wish to have a meeting with the boss? With Gorn present? Or would you like two meetings, one without Gorn and one with Gorn? I prefer having two. One just kind of to get updates on kind of what's going on with the families and also to give my brief on how my mission's going so far. They put my report in. That is fine. We have a long-standing relationship with your family, um, although not perfect at times. And we are a family that watches out for every other one. So I hope that this favor is returned. Now, as you know, nothing is given for nothing. And just mule that over. But as for now, anything you need, room service, food, perhaps you would like to go gamble. The tables are open. Women, they are all at your disposal. But I will say, the boss has a meeting at 7.30. She looks down at her watch. So his next opening will be at 8.30. That gives you four hours. She smiles and you can see sharp, like canine filed teeth. And there's kind of a barbed tail that kind of like writhes back and forth. And she goes, so as usual, you can reach out to me uh, just she kind of points over to like a button on the wall. Just ask for Astrid. We endeavor to make our guests comfortable. Anything else, ask for. It will be provided free of charge. And with that, she makes her way out of the room. I'll call the room service for some food. Alice actually is just going to, is actually going to, um, kind of like in his military days, he's just going to, started like working out like a prison style and like the 
room or whatever mm -hmm. and just kind of like go over kind of everything that's happening and all the details for like what's to come next the intercom kind of like gone in your room all right kitchens are up and ready what, 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 what should we bring you name it we have it name it we have it so Alice is gonna get he's gonna want a space serpent sushi like a line of sushi but it's like has to be like exotic serpent <laughs> yes salamander tail ready and wrapped for you we'll have it up to your room soon uh one other thing uh, I'm assuming the family sells I'm just gonna yeah he's gonna say do you have any smokes more potent smokes yeah so we got a pack of dracodas we can send right up to you hand rolled and stuffed down in Iptorn the finest salts. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, so just that and uh, food as well will be all I need. Thank you. That's, give us about 20 minutes. And with that, it crackles out. Your food comes, mm -hmm. you take that, and it is, the plate is honestly the size of a shelf, and it's just lined with like a little bit of green on the side, a little <laughs> bit of like, kind of like this purplish rice, and then it is this like seaweed-wrapped salamander tail, and when you go to bite into it, the meat itself is succulent, but it has this almost like acidy fire sting that will like kind of like makes the tip of your tongue go numb just a little bit. Um, as you're going through that, this is a little bit of time to also start to kind of like have some time to yourselves. The time that you haven't had probably since you took the trip on the dragon to Nanoi. Yeah. Um, and you're able to kind of run through things. One of the things you see on your personal comm link is a message from Gwenevie Watson. What's she have to say? Headless, just calling to check in. It's honestly, since you left on this mission, it's kind of been rather boring around here. No projects, no nothing. Anyways, I hope this first big solo mission of yours is going well. Um, also, she called again. You told me to watch for the number that you gave her and let you know when she calls. And so here I am. She called again. No message. But I am going to wonder, how long until you give her a call back? Anyways, stay safe and hurry back for the next upgrade. Now debate. Do I call? Yeah, you know what? I'll call. Winnevive. I'll call her. Roll a die 100 roll. We're looking for 70 or higher. Let's see. 92. And you see a picture of Gwenevy's, like, head kind of pop up. Uh, kind of like a little hologram that comes off of this handheld device. She 
it's all just kind of like this like faint like light green um but there's like hints of color uh but your your imagination fills in the rest you've seen her enough and she she is normally like short yellow hair that kind of comes to just about the chin and kind of like cut like tapers down you can see the hints of like half elf ears that kind of come up with a um kind of sharp end and she is not drop dead gorgeous but she is uh somewhere in the middle the thing about her is she has a just a a kindness to her no matter what time what hour uh for whoever and you also see a little bit of like the family tattoo kind of like on the hints of like a shoulder you can see like one of the the shirt she's wearing some sort of a night shirt is kind of like partially like falling off the shoulder and she kind of pulls it up and <sighs> oh hey about time you called me back yeah a lot has been going on recently yeah enough to call me at this hour yeah it was really the only free moment that i had what time is it actually over there ah it's just past midnight uh, right now I'm actually at a casino run by the Hitsip family. <laughs> wow. Wow. It's only for a mission. You and your exactly. pilot are making it big, aren't you? Um, so there's some bad news with actually my pilot and during the time that we had at when we visited the prison. Yeah, basically that she didn't make it uh, during that mission. Oh. Oh. Um. She, she kind of gets a little bit of the story. It's like, it's terrible. Uh, I'm really sorry. Um, I know that's a lot for you. Uh, I'm sure you're probably playing it off, but... And, you two have kind of had like a bit of a rapport, so she knows you a little bit more on like a, a deeper yeah. level. Gwenovi brushes a little bit of hair out of her face and she says, Well, you found a way to move on, huh? And so I guess that's something. But, uh, well, we can focus on the bright side. Six runs, right? Um, anyways, uh, you're probably calling me back about that message but selfishly I haven't really had very many projects so I would like to know how your upgrades are holding up uh, have you got the chance to kind of use that change change bring out a little bit of like that inner just gosh I haven't even come up with a name for it I'm thinking beast something anyways you've been able to use that yeah it actually saved my skin not too long ago and uh, one of the, well, a couple of the fights that I was involved in. <laughs> I knew it would. I knew it would. Huh, well, I mean, I got a few more. You just got to hurry up and finish up whatever the heck that the they put you up to. And she, she has no insight into exactly yeah. what your mission is. When you get back, I have upgrades that are going to just be bonkers. I look forward to them. But you know how the Kashin are. We have to... How the missions come first. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's true. Go ahead and make an insight roll. Okay. 
It'll be uh, 18 plus 2, 20. You see that there's something that's bothering her about that when you say that Kashin, like, always have to do things. Um, she doesn't push any further with it, but you just sense that there's something slightly amiss. What's wrong or anything going on? <sighs> uh, we, we've had a, um, a change in things. Galantir's dead. There was an attack on um, our base in Ballastar uh, not too long ago. Um, just a few days ago, and we, our legal team hasn't quite figured out why the raid was, but pretty sure it was done by the hands. With the relations coming up, I think that I think the triumvirate's trying to get some last-minute strikes in before his power runs out. Um, as far as I know, they haven't contacted you. Your mission hasn't changed, but I, I see. I don't really know too many people in the Berserkers, but. Um, this new person is not like Galantir. He's colder. Doesn't seem to care as much for the soldiers. Talks to them like they're trash. And I just worry. That's just... That's not our way. But outside of that, everything's been fine. I mean... It was a hit and run. It's not like they... I don't think they had anything they could do to us besides attack and then leave. Though they did a damn good job of not leaving a trace. And I'm lucky they tried to get into my lab. Um, but we were able to repel them away. So, that's good news. Did Was he able to at least put up a fight? Or did they do it more in a covert way? It was covert, but he did put up a fight. He put up a fight. Lost a few other men, but they were able to turn the tide and... They were able to get everyone's... I mean, Galantir is a legend. and But even legends can be brought down by a single bullet. So, anyways, um, I don't know where you are in your mission, but they're going to hold his pyre. When is that going to be held? In about a week's time. But if you can't make it, I will make sure that the recording is saved for you. You can pay your specs. Anyways, enough with the bad news. Everything's okay on that front. When are you going to call her back? You can't just be leaving her on the hook like that. He's trying to get a hold of you. Are they still being sent the supplies and money that they I put aside? You know that it is. No one knows that we're doing that. But yeah, but it's it's there. I check. Was that area damaged during the attacks or no? No, 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 no. That's fine. That's fine and covered. But yeah, I think she's just looking for you. She just kind of gives you this meaningful look, genuinely curious and concerned. The silence kind of goes for a moment more. And she sighs and <sighs> well. Have it your way, Atlas. But I'm going to go back to sleep. It's late. But she reaches this, yeah. like, tiny holographic hand out and almost kind of, like, touches your cheek. 
and there's this moment where you kind of like slightly close your eyes almost like envisioning just like a caring touch and the hand kind of passes through you no feeling and she just says take care of yourself it's a cold world out there and she's gonna call again one day you're gonna have to answer you can't hide from your past sending money sending the things to keep her alive that's not it's not facing your past. That's not moving obstacles so that you can live. And one day you're going to have to see that. And then she bids you goodnight. And the calmly shudders out of life. Okay. And I think with that, that is where we'll call the game. Thank you for listening to this episode of Starlight. If you enjoyed this, please like, share, subscribe. For early releases, exclusive RPG content, and other bonus material, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash starlightadventures. And to reach us for questions to be aired, email us at thestarlightadventures at gmail.com. See you next Tuesday, spacers.